welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence here in the Oregon region. I'm also a licensed clinical psychologist and I'm Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Here with me today to talk about the reality of therapy are some of our students from the National Student Advisory Council. We're lucky enough to have four people with us here today who are gonna talk about therapy, how to find a therapist, how to know if you've got a good one. I know I've got a lot to say in that piece of it as well, because, you know, the first one may not always be the best one for you. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor it is implied, to be a substitute for professional medical advice. I want to jump right in and get us started by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, And why did you want to talk about this topic today? Jump in the pool. Um, I guess I can go first. Um, Hi there. My name is Leanna. I'm from Oregon. And um, the reason I want to talk about this topic is, um, I mean, I'm still in my experience with trying to find another therapist. Um, I've been jumping around between three, um, all for different reasons. And um, I would love to talk about the reality of having to break up with a therapist as well as trying to find a new one. (laughs) Awesome. I can go next. Uh, Hi, I'm Sydney. I'm from Washington. And I really want to talk about this topic because I've been going to therapy on and off for about 10 years. So I've experienced with like child therapy and what it's like as a teen as well. Hello, my name is Morgan and I'm from the Central Valley of California. And I want to talk about this topic because, for one, I'm still new to the world of therapy, having started a few months ago. But also, I feel like that there are are a lot of misconceptions about therapy that I want to try to show that they're not really true. Hi, I'm Molly. I'm from Massachusetts. And I'm here to talk about therapy because I started therapy when um, it was remote on Zoom, and it's been a tough transition back into in-person therapy, and it's something that I really want to discuss today. Awesome. Well, it sounds like we've got some people who've actually experienced therapy, maybe had a little bit of that, I'm going to break up with my therapist stuff. So we're going to have a rich conversation today. And let's just kind of start out with the, the basics of What do you expect? You know, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners who are here today have probably never been to therapy. They don't know what it's like. What happens the first time you sit down and meet your therapist? Morgan, kick us off. I'd like to start with, at least in my experience, going to therapy during a pandemic. And I'm sure it's true with in-person therapy as well. But your therapy session kind of starts before the actual meeting with your therapist. Because, um, at least in my case, I'm always given a questionnaire to kind of go over my current feelings so that my therapist can help me in the best way that I need right now. Uh, I think in like in my experience, like in like that like first like therapy session, like your therapist will ask you like some baseline questions, just like, you know, like, how are you doing in the moment right now? Um, but also like, why do you wanna go to therapy? And like, wh- are there certain things that you wanna tackle by meeting with this therapist? Um, for me personally, um, having that first session with a therapist is a bit difficult, especially when you've gone through three already. It's like that same transition of going through routine. But um, personally, that first uh, therapy session, when you're in therapy for maybe a traumatic experience or um, a more 
harder topic. Um, it's hard to start that off because you're having to retell your trauma each time, and that can be difficult for a person. Um, but I've heard from other friends that when they're just in there for their own personal well-being, it's um, it, it's a good thing because they get to reflect and. Um, it's less harsh, but as someone who's gone in therapy for specific reasons, it's definitely harder um, than other experiences. Yeah, Lee, and I totally agree that that first session can be more difficult just because it is starting over with someone completely new. I know when I adjusted to a new therapist, it was really hard to like start kind of all over like this person knows nothing about me so it's a difficult transition but I've also found that first session for myself anyways usually starts out pretty chill because it's more so just asking what your goals are instead of getting like right into like this is exactly why I need therapy it's sort of more of like a get to know you session usually which I find nice just so I can kind of get to know my therapist as she gets to know me. You know that's a really really good point and it brings up that idea of a lot of people come into this being afraid that that very first session, they're going to have to tell it all. They're going to have to like bear all the things and get it all out there on the table. And some people do do that. Some people jump in the deep end of the pool and they'll tell you everything. And as someone who's done therapy in the past, um, I always know this when somebody's jumping in in that first session and they're telling me absolutely everything, that there's something they're probably leaving out at this point. Uh, because that's generally speaking, not the way most people start in, but a lot of people get concerned, you know, in that first therapy session and they're afraid, uh, what are some fears that you may have had before your very first therapy session? Um, something that I was really worried about when I first started therapy was like just feeling judged by my therapist because sometimes like when I get myself into mental health spirals, I just get really anxious that my feelings are like silly and like they don't really make sense um and an example I can think of is that last year something that I really struggled with was what my therapist and I called Sunday night anxieties and it would just basically be me like just feeling really really anxious for the week ahead even if there wasn't anything in particular that was like super worrisome just like the fact that like I have a whole week ahead of me like all five days um and I used to come like almost every week and just not really be able to get over that and every week I'd just feel worried that she was like what is wrong with her? Like, why is this this one day a week that's like so troublesome for her? But um, something I found helpful is just like my therapist being able to tell me that other people have similar experiences because I just need a lot of validation. And so her telling me that like people experience similar things makes me feel a lot less alone. Uh, I know for me, I was really scared that like my therapist would like kind of like try to force me to open up about things, which I found is definitely not the case. But like, you know, because like I, I go to I go to therapy because of like extremely traumatic events. And sometimes I just don't want to talk about things. And if your therapist is a good therapist for you, they should respect those boundaries and not force you to talk about anything that you're not comfortable talking about. You know, those are some really, really great, great points. Leanna, what are what are you seeing? Um, some of my scares or worries before getting into therapy is that I, I was scared of unmasking myself, um, as I was ADHD and autism. I was, it's hard talking, not hard talking about my feelings, but I talk about it differently. And so, um, I mean, I'm going to a therapist and someone that's professional mental health, so I should know that, but it's always that thing that's in the back of my head that when I open up with someone, I have to say it a specific way and uh and like keep away 
certain details. So I was always scared of doing that. But once I got into therapy, I realized that I it was okay if my brain wanted to jump around from topic to, to topic and maybe like, ooh, what about this? And um, just I was able to talk in the way that I like to talk. And it was a really good judgment-free zone. Um, and I guess therapy was kind of like that safe space that safe space that um, I don't get to do when I'm asking myself in public or uh, at school and stuff like that. So um, for any people out there who are scared that they need to like be a specific way to be in therapy because it is a new person and you don't really know about those boundaries. um, At least for me, therapy was a place that I got to be myself. Well, so I want to know, I assume some of you have been in therapy online, especially during COVID. And some of you may have also had therapy in person as well. Okay. Online versus in person. What do you think? I have so much to say about this. (laughs) Um, So I started therapy in 2020 when it was just not even an option to be in person. Like first time I ever met with a therapist, it was on a computer on Zoom and it was so hard. Um, I just had so much trouble opening up to her because I just found myself having a really hard time being honest through a computer for some reason. And what I find myself doing is just like building up little white lies just because I was like, she can't really see me. Like she, she doesn't really know. Like she's behind a screen. Like she doesn't really know anything about me. And what ended up happening is that I would just sit there and say like, I don't know if I felt like I was taking too long to like accumulate a thought because I hated the awkward silence. I hated being vulnerable because like if I like started talking and the computer glitched and she just like wasn't there for a second, I'd like freak out. And it was so overwhelming for so much of the time. And just recently, about a month or two ago, I transitioned to a different therapist and she was someone who was able to meet with me in person. And when I tell you, it has been like a magical difference. (laughs) Like I just feel so much more like understood. And I, she's making real eye contact with me and she's like right there in front of me. And it sounds like crazy how much of a difference it's made but it really has she's the first person I feel like has seriously understood me it's been so nice to be in an enclosed room where I'm not worried about my family like hearing what I'm saying outside it's just it's been a huge difference for me yeah Molly I can definitely relate on that part uh well except mine's like the you switch it so I started (laughs) Um, in I think 29, yeah, I started in 2019 and it was in person. It started with a family therapy. Well, we, we had like family therapy and I needed some time on my own. And so, um, I started getting my own therapist. It was in person. It was absolutely wonderful. Like I loved her and everything. And, um, then we had to weird family thing insurance changed to another therapist. And that therapist was online because that was the start of COVID um and it was definitely different um some things that I missed was that just the privacy that you were talking about Molly because for me personally when you're what I'm talking about in therapy is sometimes about the people inside the house it can get a little awkward and I leave out a lot of details um so yeah my experience with online and in person was definitely different privacy wise because when I had my own room with my therapist I could maybe wave my hands around and just like go off really on like how I was feeling but when I'm at home I have 
really thin walls and everybody else can hear you. So you have to think about what you're saying and maybe not tell the whole truth. Morgan, what do you think? I would totally agree as somebody who has only had the opportunity to um, be in therapy online. I have yet to have the experience of in-person therapy and I really wish that I did, um, but my provider doesn't provide that. Um, one of my main concerns is the lack of privacy as other people mentioned, because um, sometimes there's just not certain, there's just certain things that I don't want my family members to hear. And it's not that I don't trust my family. It's that it's a really private thing. And I only want like this one person who is a medical professional who can provide professional input. I only want them to hear because I don't want the opinions of my family members inflicting that. So I would definitely say that um, online therapy is definitely um, as for our experiences, from what I can see, it's not really always the best option for other people. And I sympathize with people who don't have the in-person option when that would be better for them. Um, I will say though that online therapy during a pandemic, even though it wasn't the best, it definitely helped me in a lot of ways that I needed at the moment. Uh, I think for me, I, I've had majority of my therapy in person. Um, but then when the pandemic happened, I had to switch to online therapy and I actually didn't have my therapy sessions over Zoom. I had them over call, which is even worse because, um, so I would be like crying and like my therapist just couldn't tell. She like couldn't see the emotion on my face. And so I feel like she couldn't really pick up when things like meant a lot more to me. And I didn't like want to express that with words and you just don't get a lot of those social cues, I think. And I think it's like harder to convey your emotions to your therapist. And I totally agree with the privacy thing. I remember one time I was talking about like a highly traumatic event to my therapist and my brother's in the room next to me. And I was trying to like uh, like remember all the details and my brother just fills in the details he just yells over to my room like it's this thing and I'm like are you serious please stop and so yeah privacy not good with all my therapy <laughs> oh I think we definitely have a, a winner in this one that we prefer therapy in person if, if at all possible I think that definitely um and I'll tell you at Providence I have two um adolescent partial hospital programs and an eating disorders program with, with adolescents. And we tried to go virtual when the pandemic first hit. Nope. Teens hated it. Adults, they were more comfortable with it. Teens hated it. And uh, I think we understand now why so much. I can't imagine having somebody yell from the next room, hey, you missed a detail. That's just amazing. So let's talk about how you know if your therapist is a good fit. And, and along with that, how do you know when your therapist isn't a good fit? What's a good therapist look like? Let's start there. What's a good therapist feel like to you? Uh, sorry, I didn't do my little twinkle hands. Um, for me, um, the way that I found that I loved, I think it was my second therapist that, oh no, my first therapist that I absolutely like just fell in love with is that she talked to me in a way that fit my brain if that makes any sense to anybody. Um, the way she talked and the way that she explained things to me just fit like a puzzle piece and it just clicked 
Whereas for other therapists, it felt like I was just talking to a parent that was just like, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Um, And um, those were two very different experiences. Um, The way that I could tell that it definitely wasn't a good fit was that um, the connection just no matter how hard I feel like the therapist, because I know the therapist wants the best for me. But no matter how hard or, like, both of us tried to, like, make a relationship or a connection, um, it just didn't work out. Um, Sometimes the strategies just weren't the best. And um, and that's okay. Um, Maybe that's an that calls for a need for a breakup call. And um, I literally did that like a week ago. So that's all fresh in my brain. Um, but yeah, just I, for me personally, it'd be like the way that they talk. And I don't know if that works for, uh, I don't know if that goes for anybody else, but just the communication. Sydney, what do you think? I definitely agree with that like connection aspect. I think definitely when I was like a kid and when I was doing therapy, and like even even now when I'm a teen, but like I needed to feel comfortable around that person and I needed to feel like I was being understood and like I was being listened to. And if I didn't feel that, I just wouldn't talk. And I would just sit there and I would just I would just talk about all the positive things in my life and not any about the negative things. And so I think there definitely needs to be that connection and you need to be able to develop that like re- mutual respect between you and your therapist. And they need and you need to know that they aren't gonna judge you. I so feel that, Sydney. I actually, like, totally relate to your whole point about how when you don't feel comfortable with someone, you, um, like, move to just talking about the positives. I went through this, like, really bad stretch of time, and this is really embarrassing, but I went through, like, a two-month period where I just, like, kind of pretended that I was totally fine and, like, (laughs) nothing was wrong, even though I was struggling a lot just and, like, just talked about, like, all the good things that were happening. And we'd end our sessions, and my therapist would be like, you sure there's nothing you want to talk about? And I'd be like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Like really, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well this week. Um, but like for me, something that um, has felt really good about my new therapist is that she just feels like a fit. And I don't really know how to describe that any better than it just feels like a fit. I've kind of tried to compare it to, it feels like the fit of like when you're trying to figure out what college you want to go to, what school you're trying to go to, you get this like feeling, I guess. And she just felt right to me. The first session I was like, I feel comfortable with this person. I feel like she gets me and I feel like she understands me. So that was just how it worked out for me. Awesome. Well, I I love these tips around how we think about finding, uh, getting that right good fit. I know some of you have had the opportunity to break up with your therapist. How do you break up with your therapist? How do you know when it's going wrong? And what do you say? Do you ghost your therapist? Uh, is this a text message? How does it work? Um, so I did this like just last week. Um, and it has been, I feel like a very unique experience. I talked to Lena about this. She's also on the National Student Advisory Council. But um, this is my therapist that I had for about like nine months. And it was that experience where I like Molly and Sydney were saying where I would just like not talk about stuff because I was trying to avoid like the no connection zone where it's just like weird. Um, And instead of (laughs) texting them, I contacted my provider, um, my healthcare provider saying, hey, I would like a new therapist. And um, I thought everything was going cool. And then my therapist called my personal phone 
and said, hey, Leanna, so I heard you're getting a new therapist. Is there something wrong with me? Am I too old for you? Like, is there something I need to change? Um, um, sorry, um, do you want like a guy? Is it because I'm, is there something wrong about me? Um, is there any way that I can help you about this? Da, 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 da. And it was just, uh, I didn't know how to respond. It, was, it felt like a toxic ex that was trying to get me back. <laughs> and it was the weirdest experience ever so far. I haven't contacted her back because I don't want to go through that. Um, and yeah, um, and I'm still like on a wait list for a therapist. And I just have her voicemail sitting in my voicemail box, <laughs> just sitting there. And um, yeah, just on my waitlist call. And that was definitely my weird experience with a breakup because I was trying to avoid that. And it still happened. Like it's still she came back to me. So yeah. Well, uh, well, uh, one second here. Let, let me interject just really quickly. That's not supposed to happen. Yes, that's not uh, supposed to happen. <laughs> so this is not how therapists are supposed to act. This is why therapists have ethical guidelines and things like that, that, that you're allowed to have your personal choice of what fits for you. Um, I would ditch that voicemail unless you want to, you know, pass it along to your health insurance provider. But yeah, that's a, that's what we call in the business. That's a party foul. Morgan, how about you? So my experience with ditching a therapist is definitely not as wild as that one, but (laughs) I do want to bring in my experience, experience with, ditching my therapist or breaking up with my therapist, I should say. Um, I only saw her for about seven months, I want to say. And in that seven months, I think I only saw her four times because of the inconsistency. And I tried to get more appointments and it just wasn't happening. And it got to the point where I went, I had appointment in November and the next available appointment was in February. So I just decided that I would go through a company that's outside my insurance because when it's that inconsistent, I mean, it's fine for some people, for, for, but for most people, inconsistency is important, especially when you're dealing with a mental health issue. And that's personally why I left with my therapist. So if you're feeling that you're not being seen enough and you're not getting enough resources for what you're dealing with, don't be afraid to find other outlets for therapy. Oh, Morgan, that's not supposed to happen either. Uh, And good call and good advocacy for yourself. Molly, you've got a story in here too, I know. Um, Yeah, so I might actually need advice on how to break up with a therapist because I'm a bit like in the process right now. (laughs) Um, So I started speaking to a new therapist about two months ago now or so, but I told in around for anyone listening to this at a later date, it's currently March. Um, and I stopped talking to my last therapist in January, leaving it as I'm just going to take a break from therapy for a little while. And I have not exactly followed up with her that I have a new one. So I don't really exactly know how to go about that. So Dr. Robin, if you have any advice, I would love to hear it. Well, I'm so glad, Molly, that you asked, because there's a few different ways that you can break up with a therapist. Um, Part of it can be if if you feel that it's important for them to know why, if, if there's something that they, they can grow from, that's awesome and that's wonderful and that's a bonus, but it's not a requirement. 
it can be as simple as sending them a, a note if you've got an email for them and saying, you know, I've decided to move on and work with somebody else. Thank you for your time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, leaving them a voicemail. You're not required to have a direct conversation at all, but whatever is going to give you closure the best is what's going to work the best for you. So if you want to, to say something, if this was somebody who, who you just feel like you've grown into needing somebody else, but you really actually felt like there were good things in there and you want to have closure and say goodbye, I think that's great. But really the best way to break up your, with your therapist is the way that gives you the closure you need. And sometimes that closure is literally a voicemail uh, that says, hey, it's just not working out. Thank you so much for your time. And, you know, that's one of the, the best things to know about this is that therapy is about you. It's not about your therapist. So if you're in a situation where you're caretaking your therapist, you're helping your therapist feel better. Uh, I've heard horror stories like that before, Leanna. It sounds like you're in that kind of a horror story. But the other thing that you all have the benefit of doing because you're teens is you could also give this one to your parents and say, hey, you know what? I want a different therapist. I'm going to work with this person. Would you let my old therapist know? or your primary care provider or another provider that you're working with just by making sure that that's another way that you can take care of you and take care of yourself. Sydney, you want to jump in? That's exactly what I did. Um, I just asked my mom, Hey, I don't want this therapist anymore. Can you please figure it out? And she did everything for me. It was great. I loved it. Didn't have to touch it at all. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys sharing your stories because the breakup stories, those are the hard ones. But, you know, not every therapist is for everybody. And just because you break up with a therapist doesn't mean they're not a good therapist. It just means they're not a good therapist for you and that you've moved beyond where their skills are. I want to ask you all one more question. Let's run around the room. One more question here that what is the final advice you're going to give to somebody who's thinking about going into therapy, thinking about getting some help? What pieces of advice do you want to give them? Leanna, we're going to kick it off with you. Something that I've learned personally is um, I would say a mistake for my last therapist. Um, my therapist told me that I graduated therapy um, and <laughs> and um, I asked Lena and I asked her, is this normal? And she's like, no, you don't graduate from therapy. And I was like, oh, I don't. Um, and so my thing to say to people is you can never graduate therapy. Um, you, it could be an amazing day and maybe you just want to share something um, to another person and, and be in a safe place. And that is perfectly fine. So therapy is for everybody at any point in time. Um, and yeah, you can never graduate it. <laughs> Morgan, how about you? I'd like to say that therapy really is what you make out of it. I mean, this healthcare provider is going to tell you all of these things that uh, you should do or all of this advice, but if you don't process it and apply it to yourself, you're not really going to improve. And I know that going through therapy for the first time is really hard to adjust to, but you just kind of have to sit down with yourself and realize that you have to take advantage of all the resources you're being given. Um, I know in my experiences, I was struggling with certain issues and I wasn't really getting anything out of it for the first couple meetings. But um, then I realized that 
she really was saying things. And as soon as I like started to like take what she was saying and applying, apply it to my life, I, it really made a world of difference. So if you're going to therapy, it also takes some effort out of yourself. And that's not a bad thing. It just means that therapy can be as strong or as weak as you make it. That's awesome. Sydney, how about you? I just want to say I completely agree. I've been going to therapy for like years and like not applying any of it and it doesn't work really. So that's, yeah, it's not like it it does take some work on your part. But I also just like want to say you are not a burden for reaching out for help and for reaching out to therapy. You deserve that happiness. You deserve to be able to cope with whatever life is giving you. And yeah, it's one of the hardest things that you can do. But I know if you are reaching out for therapy and you need to reach out for therapy, you are so strong and you'll be able to get through it and you will get to a better place where you can learn to cope. Awesome advice. Molly, take us home. I just wanted to kind of bring back the point and that it's so important to just find down the person that was perfect for me. I had such a hard time connecting with my first therapist and I've made immense progress in the past two months just from a new person and it's like so freeing being able to really connect with someone finally so just don't settle on the first person and find someone that's right for you that is the best advice of all because the reality is there's a lot of different therapists out there with a lot of different licenses a lot of different backgrounds a lot of different training and a lot of different experience find the one that fits for you And that's the standard you hold to. Hey, I want to thank you all for joining me today on Talk To Be Well and for being open to talking about your own personal experiences in therapy, the good, the bad, the breakups, the all the things. It's really been an awesome time because often we, we just really don't assume, you know, we assume that people know what a good therapist looks like. And the reality is a good therapist is what looks good for you. So... I appreciate you taking the time to bust some of these myths and stigmas, sharing your lived experience, and hopefully changing the narrative and inspiring a few people to go get help today. If you are looking for support with your mental health or have any other medical questions, please visit us at providence.org. Maybe we've got some therapists near you that might be able to help. You can also check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work the number two, bewell.org for all kinds of information and other types of resources for youth mental health and wellness for teens, parents, and educators. It has been a pleasure being with you today. Take care, everybody, and be well.